Welcome back to Three Sports Rankers, the sports podcast which aims to put together a comprehensive podium from a variety of sporting topics. This week I've set Sam and Rob the task for the final episode of Series 1 with two points between them and me without a snowball's chance in hell of winning (laughs) to come up with the three most impressive sporting feats achievable by your average human being. Guys, how did you find this one? Well, I added caveat at the, at the end, though, that I wasn't quite aware of. I know we specified it as uh, a feat that if you walked into a pub and, and told a mate you'd achieve, but uh, average human... Well, you know, so something that if you if you asked someone and they told you they'd done it, you'd be very impressed by it. Okay. We're, we're not talking about scoring a goal in a World Cup final. I think, in which case, my uh, season hasn't entirely unravelled quite yet, but I was worried <laughs> there for a second. <laughs> Um, I, 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 it's a weird one. This, it's a very, there's a very fine line between stuff. Someone, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, the stuff people can say, and you'd be like, "That's cool," and the stuff people say, and you're like, "You've clearly not done that. That's clearly a lie, because it's not achievable." I think there was, it was it's a, or you've, or you've had to train far too hard yeah, to, exactly. to get to that point. Exactly. It's, I, I'm, intru- I'm really intrigued to see what Rob comes out with. I think I'm intrigued to see where it goes as well because my previous two episodes, I've just made decisions on the spot as yeah. to my, as to my gold, mm. silver, and bronze. So, like, I am very, very open to persuasion here. And that's, worth, that's more important this week than ever. Yeah. Two points between it. Probably worth mentioning that last week with greatest comebacks, first time we've had six different choices. Which I thought was really interesting and also some absolutely barnstorming stories that I wasn't aware of. We had six really good answers last mm. week, didn't we? A proper eclectic mix of, of yeah. sporting comebacks. But uh, yeah, new week, new topic. Indeed. Um, so just to give you a quick rundown of the scores, I'm uh, out of the running on 14 points. Rob has 18 and Sam has 20, so two points in it. Uh, and we did a we did a little bit of maths before the uh, before we came on air. This doesn't bode well for me. No, Rob has given me precisely three of my fourteen points so far. And one of them was forced for the drop of <laughs> bronze. So if uh, if if he doesn't end up winning this series of three sports rankers, you know exactly where to point the blame. It's right at my face. <laughs> Uh, so we'll crack on with these uh, impressive sporting feats. I'm very intrigued to see which direction the two of you have gone with this. And uh, Rob, I think we'll start with you this week. Okay, so my bronze pick, probably lesser of the three in terms of achievable by your average Joe, but still doable in terms of I could go out there and do that on a court. It's Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point basketball game in 1962 for the Philadelphia Warriors. Now, in that game, he also set other records of 28 free throws in 32 attempts and scoring the most points in the final eight minutes of a basketball match, which was 25. And it's worth also pointing out that there was no three-pointers back in those days. Now, again, what makes this even more impressive is it was against the Knicks. It was one of the best sides around. They scored 147 points that day. So the Warriors had to go and beat them with 169, 100 of those obviously coming from Chamberlain. Uh, reports suggest that players were simply using up every single foul they were allocated to stop the supply line to him. So there were fouls on point guards to try and stop the ball getting to him. And the other thing which I think is quite kind of mythical about this whole story is that there is no film. No tape exists. It was uh, just purely for the entertainment of a half-filled Hershey sports arena in Hershey and no New York Times reporters or anything, just local 
journalist at that time uh, in, in 62. And like I said, a half full stadium, people could kind of savor that moment. So they, only they got to appreciate that. Now, in that season, he averaged 50.4 points a game that entire season, which when you think about kind of basketball records is pretty nuts. He shot 100 in one game. That means, you know, you take that game out, but it was probably quite a bit <laughs> But to put in context of how incredible this achievement was as a feat, you actually start going down the list. The closest anyone's ever got to him is Kobe Bryant got 81 points in 2006. So... A full 19 short. And that was after the introduction of the three-pointer three as, well. as well. And obviously, you know, our top players, you know, nowadays are sinking those for fun. And Chamberlain actually still to this day holds the next three, 78 and scoring 73 twice. So 100 points scored by a single man in a basketball game is my bronze. Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game in 62. So, really good choice. I, th I like the fact that there's no film of it as well. There's no, you know, there's no real recollection it of it because that makes you that makes you think of the times when you know you've been you've been talking to someone maybe at the pub, maybe you've been you know making friends at pre-drinks or something, and you've you've asked someone about something, and they've been like, oh yeah, my mate did this down at the park the other day. He scored this wonder goal. You'll never believe it, and then describes it, and you're like, well, it just didn't happen, did it? But Wilt Chamberlain literally scored 100 points mm. in an NBA game. And there's only, like I said, a half full stadium of people that can say that they saw it. Exactly. Oh, are we saying that scoring a well, any, an any, average Joe can do scoring well, 100 points in a, in a game? Obviously, but what I'm trying to do is contextualise it, which is the fact that it was against the Knicks, who were one of the top teams at the time. I know we are trying to talk about these things that your average Joe could do, but in terms of actually greatest sporting feats by a single person, you know, I was never going to go into things like teams and that with this. This was just purely what one man achieved so far above everybody else. And the fact that, again, it just blows my mind that he's still, like I said, even with three-pointers not existing at the time, still holds the third and fourth, equal fourth rankings. is incredible, I'm, I think. I'm just saying right now, this is going to be a very strange show because I've gone down just a totally different I've, I felt like this. we might get some different angles on this. So I, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what you've got, Sam. So you, you, you've got this great epic example for your bronze. I've just written two words. High dive. <laughs> <laughs> if someone, someone came up to me in a pub and said, oh, just did a high dive, I'd be like, what? So, so your greatest, uh, so your third best sporting feat is a so, high dive. So I, to put, to, to put this in some more context, I'm terrified of heights. So for me, if someone can get up, what, well, for starters, what do you think the highest high dive of all time is that someone's... Is this into a pool or into the sea? Uh, I think this particular, it's one of those ones where it's like on the coast, so it'll be in, in the sea. You know, I'm not talking like a 10 metre pool, 10 metre diving pool. You're talking like cliff diving. Cliff diving. Is it cliff diving? It's, well, no, because they go up on special, like special platforms. Okay. But it's that sort of stuff around the coast. How high do you think the highest? God knows. Um, one is without injury. Because they have been higher. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the point and they're just dying. Yeah. Uh, I would say somewhere around sort of 20 metres. No, I was like... Over double 40, it. yeah, 40, 50. 52.4 metres. Uh, two people have, have tied because someone... <laughs> just two someone people have died. <laughs> someone couldn't go half a metre higher. Uh, sorry, half a centimetre higher. Rich Charles and uh, Dana Kuntz in 1983. Amazing surname <laughs> there. And well pronounced. Yeah, I hope that's right. Uh, they, there have been three attempts from higher since, but all three people injured themselves and couldn't get out of the pool, so it doesn't officially count. 
Didn't get out as in two broken backs and a broken in, and a fractured invertebra. Okay, had to be like no one died. But I was going to say to be dragged out. They had, to, they had to literally be dragged out. But I so I watched how pleasant this has gone so morbid. I watched some of these um, videos of the fifty meter ones, and you kind of it zooms in on them to start with, and you think oh, it's quite high up, and then it slowly starts to zoom out, and you go oh, it's not that high, and then it zooms fully out, and you're like the man's a psychopath. I don't know what he's doing. So are these just I'm just trying to visualize it. Are we diving head first? No, or are we so just pencil high, diving? high dive at this point is a pencil dive, but you have to do some sort of somersault or um, you can't just jump straight in. Has to be some sort of you have to. So this guy, for example, did a somersault and a twist, and then you go in foot first because if you go in that way, you break your neck and you die. Um, Obviously, there, so had, I, there had to be some sort of guinea pig to do it first. Oh, surely, so is your. My, my, my <laughs> just clarify, your sporting feet is the guy who did it, no, not no, no, just no, no, the no. concept it's, of it. It's the concept of it. So if, if, if someone came into the pub and said, I did a high dive from, I, I'm willing to accept anything from 30 metres up, that's impressive. As far as I'm concerned, for an average Joe, that is impressive. And a lot of that comes with the fact I'm terrified of heights. So the prospect of that for me is just like, how could someone climb up this like, narrow ladder to this tiny platform to then jump off because you see that like a ten meter board is uh, looks a long way up on on TV and I think to actually stand there would be pretty scary if you don't like heights. Okay. Times that by three and another two ten meter boards on top of that. That for me, I, I think for an average Joe, I would just find that incredibly impressive. But a lot of that comes from my personal fears. Okay, I don't think anyone ever on any sports media platform will compare Wilt Chamberlain's one hundred point game to the concept of high diving. <laughs> Welcome to Free Sports yes. Rankings, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, so we've got the high dive from Sam and we've got a 100 point game from Rob uh, we'll go straight back to Sam I think for silver so my next one is one that you actually mentioned at the back end of the last show I it, it's the, a 147 in snooker and it's so different to my last answer my last answer is climbing up high and diving off and just being a nutter this one is careful precision focus and just genuine anticipation planning incredible shots time after time after time to hit a 147 and i had a real toss up in my head funnily enough between two of the three i i, I didn't ever include a, a hole in one in golf because i think there's such an element of luck to that um but between a nine data and a 147 and a 147 just requires so much more skill over time, not only do you have to pot all the balls, you have to place the cue ball in the right spot for not just the next shot, but the shot after that, the shot after that. It's you know, it's not the most physically demanding thing, um, but in terms of skill, creativity, a lot of the time, I just think it's a really unique thing. And, and we played a little bit of snooker a few years ago, Callum, and we were like, guys, oh, we're quite good at pool. Snooker will be easy. Snooker is not easy. It took us nearly an hour to complete one frame. It was very, very difficult. Very you don't realise how small the pockets are and how big the balls are and how big the table is. Yeah, and that's what really gave me that appreciation of how genuinely tough a 147 is. And again, if someone said to me in a pub, shot a 147 the other day, I'd be like, my hat is off to you, my friend. Okay, the caveat I'd put to that, though, is as impressive as it is from your average Joe, and I feel like this might be a theme in this episode that we're coming out from different angles, there has been over 150 147s in the history of professional snooker. Mm -hmm. So it's yes. not exactly rare. But uh, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't... I'm not looking for... 
I don't think, for me, I don't think this category is looking for something that one person has done one time in history. I think this thing is looking for something that is impressive. If, 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 if we went out with a group of other friends, I'm looking at something that, and you could have said at the start of the show, Callum, something that um, you don't have to train extensively for, something that you, I mean, I snooky would. Yeah. So I've really, I've done my own argument, but something that you're, you're kind of, average Joe could achieve with a little bit of training. Do you, do you sort of understand what it's I'm It's going to come about? entirely down to um, how you've defined it in your head, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, what have you got for your silver? I assume it's going to be sort of similar to your last yeah, one. Yeah, it is. Don Bradman's batting average of 99.94 from 52 matches across 20 years. That's a pretty damn good sporting feat, in my opinion. The Don, the greatest batsman of all time. To a batting average of 99.94 across 52 test matches. That's unreal. And uh, captain, the, the Australia captain, Bill Woodfall, said he was worth three batsmen in his peak for Australia. And again, for context, because I think it's important, and Vosges, closest man to him, 61.84 across 20 matches in one season. It's one season compared to 20 years worth of cricket. Don Bradman's numbers are unbelievable. And if we bring it back down to, if you met someone in a pub and they said they had a batting average of 99.94 across a season, you'd be like, whoa. To do that across a 20 year period is just, I, I can hardly fathom it. And you know, this is a character who didn't really like the limelight too much by all accounts. He became a bit of a recluse. and. The numbers, though, speak for themselves, and I think the fact that no one's even come close, and it's it's a feat, but it's also a feat of consistency. It's not just a one-off achievement, like I'd argue maybe like a one-four-seven is. And you look at the the history the man has put in place. He's got stature outside the Adelaide Oval. The term Bradman-esque is coined both in and outside of cricket in terms of a sporting feat. And like I said, even if you said, oh, I got a batting average of this or that, 99.94 from 52 matches across 20 years is out of this world. If someone came up to me in a pub and said, I've, I've hit that maverick this season, I'd say, you're a grown man, stop playing in an under 12 league. It's just, <laughs> I just we, we, and we've just come at this from totally different angles, but I... I, I think Callum's got the harder decision here to, to try and determine what he... I mean, maybe you've got it completely in line with one of us, completely in line with the other, or maybe it might be a mix. But um... Well, I mean, I've written down a few sort of criteria for it, so I think I can use loves, those. Loves a criteria. Do love a criteria, because otherwise I can't make Helps a decision. the mind. Um, so, I, I mean, I'll use those to split it, but we'll see, uh, we'll see how you get on with your silver uh, choices. Uh, but we'll come to your gold choices now. And Rob. Okay. Uh, this one's probably slightly less well-known, but in terms of actually a feat in sport, I was just blown away by it. Uh, do you know the story of Diana Nyad? I do not know no. the story of Diana Nyad. She swam from Cuba to Florida in 2013 non-stop. 53 hours of non-stop swimming at the age of 64 years old. What? 110 miles of open water. Now, to put that again in context, when we see, you know, people swim the channel, so David Wallings, for instance. I'm so glad I didn't write swim the channel, which I nearly had written down as one of my options. <laughs> <laughs> I literally swam further. Uh, 
so the narrowest part of the channel that David Williams, etc., you know, the high profile people swim, that is 20 miles long. This is 110 miles of open water. And, and she has done that in the shortest time, the longest period without a shark cage in history. Pe people have, have kind of done it in and out of a shark cage. In other words, stopped. Oh my God, there's sharks around. Pop me in a cage. Carry on. I thought you meant like shark cage being dragged along behind the boat. You have to swim and keep up with the cage. Otherwise it's just dragged along <laughs> the back of the cage. So what's even more incredible about her story is that she'd had four other tries and failed. One in 1978, two in 2011, and one again in 2012 before coming back and finally achieving it at the age of 64 in 2013. So she swam for 53 hours straight stopping only to tread water for food and hydration breaks. So she didn't even stop and grab hold of a boat. She treaded water to eat and drink. She had plenty of water to drink. Okay. <laughs> she wore a silicon mask, right, that she knew would slow her down, but that was only to protect her from jellyfish stings that had stopped her in 2012. So she was inhibiting herself to allow herself to finally complete it. I'd argue that not having jellyfish stings isn't inhibiting yourself that much. Well, okay, but she still made herself slower. And team, the only aid, the only aid that she had was a couple boats uh, going alongside her, just electrocuting the water slightly to keep sharks at bay. That was it. That's the only I've heard you can had. use a shark cage for that kind of uh, that kind of thing. Without a shark cage, though. Now, her message afterwards was one, I think, you know, she's been giving TED Talks and inspirational speaking ever since, but, you know, she came out and the first thing she said was, no one should ever, ever give up, which I think obviously is an important message. Genuinely thought you were going to say no one should ever, ever do <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> she probably said that as well. Uh, you're never too old to chase your dreams, which I think, again, is a beautiful message. And of course, she thanked her team with the electrical prods to keep the sharks at bay. The fact that this was a culmination of a 35-year-long quest and she did it at the age of 64, is an incredible, incredible sporting feat. If you told me that in a pub, I would be blown away. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't argue with that. That is, that is a, a pretty awesome thing. And the fact, yeah, like you said, she's done it over so many years. She tried twice in 2011, did you say? Yeah, tw twice in one year. She had a go and thought, oh, I'll have another go but in it, a few months. That gap, 1978, and then coming, you know, how much was she pondered over that? having failed, and then she went, no, I'm going to do this. It just and took her a really long time to develop a silicone mask. <laughs> Maybe she had, that was the, that was the, the uh, make or break point. But for all that time to pass, and for her to be like, no, I'm actually going to, my, you know, my body is not what it was back then, but I'm going to do this anyway, I think is incredible. I mean, it's a really good answer, and not one at all that I thought we would hear. Like, research... A plus, A <laughs> yeah, plus your, for research. Your, your, it's fair to say your research trumps mine. I mean, Sam, Sam's has so far included three, two words and three numbers. <laughs> the concept. Do you want? Do you want one more number and two high, more words? High, high dive one four seven, and judging off that, I'm going to assume it's nine dart finish. Four minute mile. <laughs> <laughs> four minute mile. It's something. Okay, it's not swimming eight one hundred and ten miles. It's 110 running. miles. Is that not what I said? 810 <laughs> miles. <laughs> um, I did actually think about swimming ones like swimming the channel, and I know people have swum across the Atlantic as well. But I just thought, I, I don't know how, I don't know, I didn't, in my head, I didn't think that was achievable for your average Joe. I thought four minute mile has been done by 1,400 people, I think, in history. Well, again, always, the first. yeah. 
But I, um, it kind of goes the complete... We are coming at this at completely different angles, which is that I'm going for complete rarity and you're going, and for, going for things that will blow your socks off that genuinely are doable. Yeah. Um, so I, I sort of did the calculations. You have to run just faster than 15 miles an hour for four whole minutes, which if anyone has used a gym or used a treadmill and seen how fast you're running, I mean, that's like twice as fast as I jog. And to do that for four minutes is just insane. I think it's to be able to do that, to sustain that pace for that period of time is, is pretty incredible. And I know nowadays it's, I think the record mile time is three minutes 43, which is just staggering. Um, but I just think, if, again, mine was so simple. Rod's done this amazing research and I've just pictured myself in a pub and some of my mates saying, oh, I've done this, I've done that. And I was like, what were the things that would impress me the most? I think if someone came up and said, I did a, I did a four minute mile. Yeah, I mean, I, like, in wow. the same way, I, you know, I considered Roger Bannister's four minute mile, but yeah. obviously only that because I'm coming at it from kind of individuals and, and incredible sporting feats. But um, because what Bannister did at the time was seen as so impossible and, and obviously the lack of the technology and the kit and the uniform, you know, and the shoes and everything that, that runners have now compared to what he had was, he was just such a groundbreaking athlete and, and proved what many people thought was impossible. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that, you know, and like, even you kind of spelling out like that 15 miles an hour for four minutes is an incredible feat, but... A lot of treadmills and gyms don't even go that far. <laughs> so to do that for four minutes is, is pretty mind boggling, I think. So with you on 18 points and, uh, sorry, with you on 20 points and me on 18 points, I guess this is the time to turn it over to Callum and ask quite how he's going to define this because um, there could be a lot of points going in, in one direction or the other, I feel. this. Yeah, so I, I, I think the way that Sam has gone about it is certainly more the way that I thought both of you would go, if that makes sense. Damn. <laughs> that's not not to say that you're not getting any points Rob you but definitely put more work in than I did I'm not even I'm not even fighting that that you know that is the uh, that is the case I just think I think I you know completely differently just saw it as um yeah individuals with with incredible feats to their name I think is kind of right so the the sort of the sort of average Joe thing didn't really come well, into it, it but it did in the fact that I deliberately avoided I know we mentioned it before, but things like hat-tricks in World Cup finals. I did try to make it, so for instance, you can play, you know, local county cricket. If you said you had a 99.94 .94 average, that would still be incredibly impressive. If you scored 100 points in a basketball game, still doable if you were, you know, took to a court and played a basketball game. Right, so but you're not, 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 not necessarily in the context of the NBA. But I am, but I'm using these kind of examples I suppose putting them out there as the, the leaders of those fields, but not um, they're not in sports that are completely unachievable, put it that way. So, for instance, you could try and swim from Florida to Cuba. You would sink and drown, but you could try. Well, that's what I was going to say, was the, the swim from Cuba to Florida, 53 hours, 110 miles, at the age of 64 years old. If you took your average 64-year-old and chucked them in the water on the, off the coast of Cuba, how far would they get? Um, Certainly and not 110 miles. Probably not 110 miles. My dad miles. can't even swim, so he'd be in a world of trouble. Well, we're, yeah. So 
I think that that was the most interesting thing for me from this episode was that you've both come at it from completely different angles. Sam from the sort of, you know, here are three things. If someone told me they'd done them, I'd be incredibly impressed. Rob with the here are three historical performances from sports people. And if someone were to tell me they'd managed that, I would also be incredibly impressed. So now I guess I have to make some decisions. I'm going to give... Again, you're deciding on the spot because I, I love this. Yeah, I really like the tension. I feel like you and me, Rob, we, we kind of, of plot it as, as we go, go along. Yeah. And sort of say, oh, I like that one, I like that one. That makes a nice But to be fair, what Callum actually does do, which I think you know, we can take a, a leaf out of his book, is he sits and listens to it all and then decides, right, where am I going with this? Yeah. I think um, in terms of being achievable by the average human being, uh, I'm going to give bronze to Rob for the 100-point game because, you know, you can just dive down your local gym, play a bit of basketball and tear it up. You don't necessarily have to... I, th- I feel like for a 40-metre for a 40, 40 high dive, you'd have to train for... Hey, I said 30 was my limit. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned, you mentioned 52 <laughs> metres. Oh, no, I didn't say you had to break the world record. Just a pretty You've got to jump up a really big <laughs> springboard. For a big old high dive... I don't want a springboard. That'll get you even higher. Okay. For a big old high dive, I feel like you'd have to train for longer than you'd have to train to get a 100-point game. That is, that is fair. So for that reason, I'm going to give Rob one point for bronze for Wilk Chamberlain and his 100-point game, or, you know, any average Joe and their 100-point game. Silver between the 147 and the 90, 99.94 batting average. You know, if someone said that they'd managed... Even if we just contextualised it to one season and someone said they had a, an average of just under 100 in regular Sunday League cricket. A good mate of mine plays Sunday League cricket and, you know, having found this out, I just thought I'd throw it his way. And yeah, it does absolutely contextualise it in terms of how mind-blowing that is. Yeah, you don't ex- you don't expect people to reach 100 in, in Sunday League cricket, but at the same time, you don't expect... Someone you come across playing a playing a game of snooker, you don't expect them to be cleaning up 15, 15 reds, fifteen blacks, yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, black. It doesn't make sense. Like it just it's one of those unfathomable feats for the average human. Um, I'm going to give it to. Oh, I don't know. This is the problem with making decisions on the spot. And also, I'm very cognizant of the scores as well. What scores? They don't exist. I know. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to Sam for the 147. I think it's more achievable by your average. I think more people are capable of picking up a snooker cue and hitting the ball where they want it to go. Um, but I am, you know, okay. the, the, the 99.94 batting average you know you know it's a team sport and you have to deal with all the sort of conditions and different bowlers on the opposition so it is incredibly impressive but i think the fact that it's his batting average across his career brings it brings it down slightly just because you know that level of um achievement across a long period of time is uh, relatively unsustainable Okay, so just to let everyone know, that puts uh, Sam on 22 points, me on 19. So either Sam takes this series or 
we're heading for a tie break. So the four minute mile goes up against Diana Nyad's Cuba to Florida swim for the series. It does. And it's got to go to the four minute mile. Oh, come on. 64 years old, 110 miles. (laughs) <laughs> like I said, it was the it was the age. If it had been actually, it's not the age thing. It's just a ridiculous feat. Like uh, that's not that's not taking anything away from her. But the fact is, she she you said she had to train for so long to be able to do it and to swim 110 miles. I can tell you right now, I can't swim one mile, and I'm a not unathletic 25 year old. And I think you know that sort of. 110 miles, 53 hours, 64 years old. All of those numbers take it outside the realms of possibility for your average human being. Whereas the four-minute mile, you would, you'd have to train. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's far closer to the average human's grasp than swimming from Cuba to Florida. Just pure... Uh different interpretations of the topic um, absolutely which we've done all season yeah we have which probably we should maybe learn from but in the same way <laughs> uh, it allows everyone to learn a little something doesn't it indeed uh so sam that means you are the champion season one champion of series one to win it of well. three yeah. sports rankers guess who's gonna have a big old target on their back in season two not me <laughs> <laughs> greatest sporting redemptions yeah, there we go. Final points, though. Not a million miles off. So we ended with Sam on 25, Rob on 19, and myself on 14. So a relatively even split between the three of us. Yeah. Um, but still Sam running out by six points as the winner of the first season of Three Sports Rankers. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. I've had a lovely time. I'm looking forward to Series 2 whenever that comes out. Um Keep an eye on our social media accounts for announcements about that at Three Sports Rankers on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to hit us up if we've missed any impressive sporting feats. Um, I'm sure the swim from Cuba to Florida will be one that you've all got in your sights now. Um, <laughs> but feel, feel free to send us any suggestions. She's, for... she's really gutted when all the listeners go out and try and uh, try and beat her time. Yeah, people doing it in like 51 hours. Yeah. It's, just, oh, it's easy, this. Less than two days, it'll be... Easy as you like. But feel free to send us any suggestions you have for topics in Season 2 as well. Uh, We would love to hear from you for that. But for now, that's going to do it for Season 1 of Three Sports Rankers.